Hi, Gareth here. What you're about to hear is a little bit of a bonus episode. On last week's show, we talked about this new radio program I had going called My Favourite Labels. This week, we had the first ever episode of it. It was me chatting with Luke Twyman from the Audacious Art Experiment, an excellent Sheffield-based label. We talked about all sorts of things, music that the label put out, how it started, also got into a random conversation about chiptune and 8-bit and vaporwave and all sorts of stuff. It's two hours of that. It's really good. The opening audio is a little bit ropey because it was a live recording and there were a couple of technical issues, but that all gets fixed after the first track. So listen, enjoy, give us your feedback, facebook.com forward slash my favorite label, note the singular, And yeah, enjoy. Thanks very much for listening. New podcast on Monday.
Hello, you're tuned into 199 Radio and now listening to the first ever episode of My Favourite Labels, so hosted by me, Gareth Main. And each fortnight, I'm going to be joined by someone from an innovative, exciting record label. We'll be playing tunes, chatting about the label, their inspiration, and hopefully our shared love of music. Um, you can get in touch with me throughout the show, Twitter at Gareth Main, and yeah, I'm incredibly excited to say that for the first ever sh- one of these shows, I'm spending the next two hours in the company of Luke Tymon from the Audacious Art Experiment. Hi. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. We, I was trying to, when I was sort of prepping this first introduction to this first show, I was going to say... Uh, record label, gig promoter, venue, rehearsal space up in Sheffield. And then I realised that the phrase, the audacious art experiment, was quite a nice catch-all, really, to that. Yeah, yeah. which uh, <laughs> pretty much encompasses it. Like, yeah, it's just a uh, an exploration, basically, a format for exploration, I guess. That's nice. Uh, yeah, we've... Uh, We've done cool stuff with it, I guess. Yeah, it's a long, long time already, right? So it's, what, 14 years, something like that? Yeah, it's been 14 years on the go um, since it started. And then um, I guess it's been in Sheffield now for probably, I don't know, about eight years, maybe. Nice. And one of the greatest things about doing this show that I've got, so people who don't know me, I co-host the Independent Music Podcast, uh, a weekly show. And one of the sort of long-running jokes in that is that we get our pronunciation completely wrong. We don't really understand enough of the artists or the records or the releases because our research is terrible. So having someone here from the label itself is a good sort of way of circumnavigating that piece of work. So do you want to tell us about the track that we just played? Some clarification. Some clarification. So I can say I did choose the track because this was the first one that I ever heard on the audacious art experiment which was what two years ago so i'm a late comer to your work but uh, the artist was czar the track badulake that's right i'm not even going to try and pronounce the uh the title of the album because i mess it up every single time it's a uh, loloismo loloismo any meaning to that um i think a lot of the album stems from um a lot of, i think what they attempted to do is stem from kind of like the uh the rhythm and the ritual of like football chants, um, but Zara kind of renowned as it is for basically inventing their own kind of language, and all of their albums before feature lyrics, and none of which are like kind of real words; they're just sounds and like expressions. Um, Lola Wismo was the first to feature like lyrics, but they kind of just yeah like turned the songs into kind of like mindless chants, really. Nice. I like being on a football terrace, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like with an amazing like backing band, like in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've got. Um, so for the next two hours, we're going to play tunes. I've got a load. You've got a load. What are you going to play first for us? Um, first up, I'm going to play. Um, this is a brand new release. Came out just last week. Um, uh, it's by a project called Intravene, um, and uh, this song's called Inner City. It's pretty new.
Go and tell us about that one then. Um, so that's, as I said, that's Intravene um, with Inner City. That's a new one. Um, you can grab it on a cassette. Um, you can get it anywhere else on the internet. Um, but yeah, that's like a project by um, a kid called Ross McLean. And uh, he's sort of, um, he's in a band called D Detergents. Um, they're like a band that operate out of like the Lugol, which is like another um, DIY space in Sheffield. Um, but yeah, he just like put this project together himself and um, Ben Hunter from Audacious, he recorded it in the space and then we put it out on tape like just recently. Nice, so um, there's it's quite... released in a while as well, so it was nice. For him or for you guys? For us, like yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was just the first one, it was a bit of a backlog. What, in terms of like releases you got going? Um, yeah, just stuff that, stuff that needs to see the light of day really. Um, stuff that we've been working on, like people have been working on a while and um, yeah, it's just been a busy period. So, yeah. so could, can you tell us about like the setup then? Do you just have like loads of people performing in Sheffield that you just need to get, you just think, you hear, listen to their music and go, we need to get this out. Is that how it works? Um, kind of, like maybe for me on a little bit of a personal level, I do the majority like of sort of releases, although plenty of people like chip in when there's something that they have that feeling basically where they're just like, this needs to go out. Um, and yeah, most of the stuff is people that we just like are associated with like through Lugol or basically like people that use the, the space, like the audacious space to like rehearse in. And it generally ends up kind of going like that. People start using the place and then like, then it's just cool to like, put something out basically yeah, yeah tell us about the space then what's um what was it is it just rehearsal space up in sheffield or it, it's a rehearsal space and a venue um so it's basically just a unit and then there's like a group of people that rent it out um and they all like divide up the time and practice in it and that kind of thing on like um same level of like sort of a contribution and then basically yeah like when as well as that, we do like typically like three or four gigs like a month. Um, are they off, in the space or are they they're like... in the space? Yeah, so it doubles up as a live room. Um, and you got like a big, big show coming up, right? It's um, just a big bank holiday one. The bank, the bank holiday one is is coming up. Yeah, that's not at the space. Um, that's at a place called Picture House Social, which is like just an amazing like kind of. It's like an old snooker hall, um, and it, the bar itself is just like really saloony, and uh, yeah, really cool people run it, and they like really support us to do stuff, like to more people basically, like you know, just a bigger room basically. Like they always uh, sort us out. Nice. So, um, who's playing that show? Um, the Land Gathering is um, that's Awa Juska. Um, she's like a London-based like noise artist, like pretty intense, like. Um, sort of what's the word like sequenced like kind of noise like mm -hmm. really loud really crushing um really amazing show um housewives are playing oh the best yeah amazing new album coming out as yeah well. can't wait really um they played for us like probably about three or four years ago at the space um just and then just haven't really like hung out or seen them since but yeah. um yeah so mad proper looking forward to that like i love that band but um nice what have you got next for us um, coming up next is Duds. Um, they're also playing the Langavering. Um, these are a gang from Manchester. Um, sort of recently been sent my way by some pals and just totally blew my lid off, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one's called No Remark.
you know what? I think that could go on for a couple more minutes, I think. Easy. Easy so, could. Just to repeat it, let's just run it again. Right? <laughs> so duds. So that's duds, yeah. Um, it's about as much as I know, to be honest, <laughs> like really. Um, no releases. from Manchester, I can't wait to see them. Yeah, so it was it just one of those ones sent SoundCloud link, bring it over, and then you just like... Got to get him on. Got, yeah. to get, get on, got to get him on a stage. Basically, yeah. Like my mates putting. I think he was putting him on in Brighton, um, and yeah, he just said like he just sent me it. Like I was just saying, oh, I'm looking for bands for this thing, because um, it's nice to program stuff that you you don't even know as well. Really, yeah, yeah. like just make the day. You know, make it as interesting for you as well. But was it like a full on day then? Like the was it twenty seventh, twenty sixth of August? Twenty seventh like of August. It's like twelve hours. Like basically, <laughs> like. Um, 12 hours in like three kind of different rooms. There's like a big stage. It's a hell of a lot of duds tracks to fit into that yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to have like, yeah, 40 tracks set list or something, yeah. I reckon. Like. <laughs> so it's what, three rooms, like bands in each room, DJs, stuff like that? Yeah, there's like, yeah, there's a big, like a big room for some of the bands that are big, like in size. Um, and then, yeah, there's like a side room that we basically kind of do out as like the space. We bring yeah, yeah. the space PA, which is a decent PA um, and sounds good. So yeah, we bring that and kind of install that there. And then a lot of the bands that kind of like rehearse and play through that system all of the time, then just get to like play it live. So it's a lot oh. of the bands that kind of start in this space because it's, it's a weird PA. It's it's like, it's, it's not really exactly what you want, but it's, we've it's, made it work like really well and it's informed a lot of the band's sounds that have ever sort of come from the space. Nice. In what sense? Like, um, just kind of structurally, I guess, like just the way that it has to kind of be EQ'd or whatever, just kind of means that bands make stuff that can be heard on all aspects of the, the system, I guess. And then, it, then whenever they have to play on any other sound system, they've got no idea. Yeah. Sound rubbish. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the only, if you want to see bands at their, at their peak, at their pinnacle, you've got to go to Sheffield and That's, see about. Yeah, just basically go to the space. Like. <laughs> so, so, how many people like involved in? Because you keep referencing other people that are involved in it. A lot of labels are sort of like one man band for plowing their furrow of like yeah. weird music, but obviously, you guys have a bit of a collective going on. Yeah, there's about like the the kind of like membership sort of fluctuates between like fifteen to like twenty something, like I guess, but. um that's like members of the space. It's been higher, like in, in times we've had like almost 30 people like chipping in basically and like doing stuff there. Um, but just working on the space generally or like with the label or? Like... Um, no, just like working on their stuff basically and just like, just really getting, like having the time to experiment because one of the main reasons we did it was because, you know, you want to start a band and stuff, but you've got like rent this like tiny rehearsal space for like 15 quid an hour. And yeah you know, just all cram in there. But we was like, well, if we all just get together, then we can just have a space. And then you can have basically like, we just book that afternoons and days. So you're just in there for as long as you want. So that helps basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I think, I think we could comfortably just play music from bands on that lineup for the next, well, three to eight, I guess. But, yeah. um, I'm going to play one now. So how you mentioned housewives, absolutely amazing band released a split, well, maybe like, what, two months ago with Massico, wonderful yeah. Swiss band. So I'm going to play a, the Massico track from this. It's got a title. You know what I said about the start when I can't pronounce anything? Yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, so this is Massico and the track is called Cocktailis.
Dutch Massico, the sounds of Cocktailis is definitely mispronounced, but you know what, we'll go just roll with it. It's uh, taken from a 7-inch on Blank Editions and Hands in the Dark, uh, which came out, well, and a couple of other labels, which I also can't pronounce, you know. (laughs) uh, It's split with Housewives who are playing, uh, what's the name of the event? Um, it's it's the rare synergy land gathering. Okay, I know it just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah, yeah. So, which is up Obvious. in Sheffield, twenty seventh of August, uh, right. bank holiday weekend. So you can be out on a Sunday night for twelve hours straight, exactly. getting zoned. <laughs> uh, so, you know, what's uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you know the label got started, or like what's what what's um, like one of your favourite times of the label, like? Um. I guess like my, my favorite time when sort of I came to it because um, the label was started by like my bandmate at the time um, and it was kind of his thing. And then, uh, but yeah, like I got involved like a year later or something um, when I was, I was like running a record shop in Grimsby. Okay. Um, and yeah, like it was just amazing time sort of like being like plugged into like everything at the time basically, which was really nice. And then, um, yeah, just saw this band called The Jesus Years. Um, I think I was at an Andy Glenn and Rich show with them. Don't know where we were. Um, probably Derby. And then, and yeah, saw this band, The Jesus Years. Um, and I was just like, I really want to, like, I want to get in basically and put them out, like, because this is ridiculous. Were you involved in the label at this point? or No, that was kind of when I, I mean, like, yeah, like Ben was running it um, and stuff. So it was, you know, we were involved, like, my band had been on it earlier on, like, yeah. sort of thing. Um, and, you know, you just do everything that your mates are doing anyway. Um, but, yeah, this was the first time I was like, right, I'm putting this out and kind of, like, got my wallet out, basically. Oh, right, yes, yeah. It's, uh, you, so a decent way of doing it without having to put the infrastructure in for a new label of your own, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's better to do stuff with mates, like, than do stuff on your own, like, so... Yeah, and if um and if you were on the Instagram and went Instagram.com forward slash one nine nine radio, I think there's a picture of me and you up there and I think there's a description alongside with that which described this as what? Quote unquote emo something. Oh it's uh yeah, it's it's just some uh some like, you know, vintage two thousands emo, basically, <laughs> like UK emo. Yeah. Um, the, not those, sure how I feel about those this. Those golden days. Like. <laughs> the classic youth, misspelled youth <laughs> of uh, vintage UK emo. That's right. All right, what's this track called? Um, this track is called Say Hello to Pink Floyd. Um, it's by the Jesus Years.
You're tuned in to My Favourite Labels on 199 Radio in Harringay, North, sunny North London. I'm joined by Luke Twyman of the Audacious Art Experiment, wonderful Sheffield label. Thank you. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. Um, so that was the Jesus Years. Um, that's a tune from way back when. Um, 2006, we put that out um, on like a CD EP called uh, The Jesus Years Are Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Um yeah, that's um, you can it's like it's all sold out now, I guess, but um, you can hear it everywhere, like on the internet, if you want to stream it wherever you like to stream. Who's buying CDs now, anyway, right? I know, um, the Japanese, yeah, yeah. It's a big, uh, big market, yeah, yeah, they, they'll only do CDs, really, like still. Like do you still they, they do, you do CDs? Um, no, because like no. you do, um, I don't have a CD player, no, um. <laughs> you've got a cassette player, though, um, presumably, yes. Got one of them, yeah. Like I said, well, more reliable. Yeah. <laughs> what um, dictates, like, format of a release, then? Um, money, um, chiefly. How, <laughs> how much that person who wants to put out that record wants to put into it? <laughs> Definitely has been. Um, most of the time now, it, it kind of, there's a pot, which is good, and, like, we can kind of just keep ticking over. Um, but, yeah, like, um, if, if stuff wants doing as well, people do just pipe up and just, like, and just say I'm going to put this out, and just to get it done, basically. Yeah. Otherwise, it kind of goes on the conveyor, and then and then waits ages to come out. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but th- th- this, um, I mean, like we played Zara right at the top of the show, and that record is absolutely ridiculous in terms of how it's uh, in a be- in the most beautiful sense yeah. possible of how it's been produced. It's like uh, how d- how would you even describe it to people listening on the radio? It's like a flip sleeve and translucent vinyl and it's just it's a, got a nice it, embossing it's yes it's audacious art uh, it's mm. extreme really but like did that come up was that you or was that someone else just going i want to have this crazy beautiful piece of work no that was that was them like they're just like we work really closely with them when they do their stuff but they know exactly what they're doing like all the time they're yeah. like they're in they're in a zone and um and like yeah they were just like oh the new album's ready just like cool yeah can i have a look blah, blah, and then just like just sent like images of it and it was already done like and um <laughs> like, yeah and they're just and i was just like wow um this should be fun basically but packaging's always been like pretty important i really like to like use the art that you, you know the art space that you've got on the record to like really kind of just do some interesting imagery or make it in, you know packaged interestingly nice but yeah, and you were saying before, like, the Jesus Years, the, the track that we just played, was yeah. how you essentially came involved with the label. Yeah. But you'd been working on it before, like, your own stuff and, you know, just knowing, uh, was it Ben that started yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was Ben who, like, started the label. We started it in Grimsby, which is where, like, we lived. Okay. And we were in a band called Stand, um, which is, like, a metal hardcore band. And, um, and yeah, he started the label. Um, and then basically just yeah like i joined in and like other people would join in and help out and stuff um and then it ended up sort of being passed to me um and then it's just been like my kind of uh thing ever since or for a couple of years and then moved it to sheffield and then when we got the space like that was when just like i just sort of you know just basically let you know was up for anyone like doing anything with it basically um it must have been hard though, right? Because Ben, who started it, passed away yeah. what, a couple of years into it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was, um, yeah, he'd been doing it a couple of years um, and stuff. But, um, and I mean, he was phenomenal at it. Like, it was, you know, it was his thing, like, basically. But, um, 
but it was cool. You get left stuff, um, you know, and you're just like, well, I'll see what I can do with this, basically, you know, and uh, and and here we are. And yeah, picked it up. <laughs> yeah, picked it up for that. Yeah, that's it, really. But um, but yeah, it's a nice thing to be to be given in some ways. In yeah, presumably scenarios. Presumably, the ethos and everything came largely from his vision in the first place, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, we were, you know, we were best buddies and stuff, so we were like into the same stuff, and and we we were touring a lot at the time. Like when we were doing this with Stand, we were playing like you know always at least like kind of fifty shows a year and stuff, just like DIY punk shows. And um, so we're always we're basically always in the back of a car, you know what I mean, with everyone just like yeah, like wouldn't it be cool to do this and do this and yeah, t-shirt with this and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, it was like, we were involved, but it was just, I guess at the time it was his cash and it was, it was his aesthetic, I guess. Like it was, he was a phenomenal artist in his own right. So he kind of, it was a place for him to like paint and draw as much as it was like, you know, put out records and stuff. So he needed his own outlet yeah, for his audacious yeah. art. And here it was, right? Totally. Yeah. And he was, yeah, sort of a, a cheeky, a cheeky chap so um there was always jokes in everything basically and kind of prodding at the art world and that kind of thing and i think that's sort of the root of where the name comes from really <laughs> was um yeah, yeah audacious i think it's the only use of that word that kind of makes sense and for its actual meaning so it's such a sort of a well an old sort of what's the word i'm looking for sort of a it makes me think of a teenage mutant ninja turtles right, yeah. more than anything <laughs> more than anything else which isn't particularly very serious interesting art project yeah it's kind of yeah like a sort of um, yeah like some of those uh anti-hero like show titles <laughs> or something i guess <laughs> all right so um we're going to play the next song and we're going to play stand is that right yeah can do yeah let's do that what's this track called you are full of junk
your life might take some form. Junk is cheap. Junk is holiday romance. Junk is beer and TV. Junk is playtime. Junk is once in a blue moon in Hollywood, USA. Junk is a coffee shop. A bunch of actors and a fucking monkey. Junk is one. Sounds of you shouting a lot, is that? It was, yeah. So, so like that, a quiet mic at the start of the show, right? Should have got some of that lung capacity into it. <laughs> that, um, that lung capacity is, is definitely... On the wane? possible anymore. <laughs> it's on the wane, like a few years later. Yeah. So Full of Junk was the name of the track, the album? Um, that was on, that's off the first ever release on the label. Yeah. Zero, zero, one. Um which was a split CD at the time. CD, obviously. Um, Big yeah. in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, with a split CD with a band called Triple H, who were okay. from Peterborough, and they were a hardcore punk band as well. Um, and they used to, like, we just used to tour with them quite a lot. But, um, yeah, it was... Um, That's what it was. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so what happened with... Uh, with the band were they were you going for a while or uh, we stand yeah, yeah we were going we started in like 99 but um and then like yeah we stopped in i think it was 04 so we did like five years and just started as like a little yeah just started out as like one thing like bit of a new metal band then like bit of this bit of that like what yeah. you know we we're like 18 so you're just doing whatever and then and then, like, Mark joined the band on drums. We got a, a different drummer after about a year or so, and then we just sort of proper clicked and went for it and then just ended up just spending basically all of our weekends, like, in other towns playing gigs, which was just at 18, 19 is, like, ace. <laughs> okay. And then when, when, um, at what point did the, did the sort of the band stop and the label take over a little bit? Um. I don't know really, like, because basically, like, the label was the band, I guess, at that time. It was, like, yeah. pretty much, like, early doors internet. So your label was, like, you at gigs, like, with boxes of your stuff, basically. Like, that was where your label was. Um, so, yeah, like, when Stan stopped, you know, when Ben passed away, basically, and then, like, that just stopped. Um, I was running a shop at the time, like, in Grimsby, which, like... So basically it just felt like really naturally to just kind of like immediately absorb it. And then just, we built a web store, like Bestie from Stand, like built like this, like early sort of web store. Like we just figured, he figured it out and uh, on PHP and then built it. And then we just started, all of a sudden we were just like distributing to a lot of people like in the UK and like we were doing everyone else's stuff. And so that was when it really just then became like this kind of, yeah, like more like a, 
a service element to, <laughs> to my musical involvement rather than like yeah being in a band it's such a wonderful way of putting it it's just <laughs> being a service to other people it's right? just spinning cds out in, <laughs> in jet jiffy bags <laughs> yeah it sounds about very proper bedroom operation right? yeah pretty much yeah and um, I, I brought a couple of records along with me, and uh, the last one that Ben worked on was a band called The Rise. That's, that's right, correct? yeah, yeah. So Austin, hardcore band, who I believe split up just after you'd pressed a thousand copies of the vinyl. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> so but, they, um, they're still in your bedroom somewhere. Please? Um, no, we got we got a lot of them, like because they were they were huge, like they were like you know really getting quite popular and did this kind of like you know like ref- obvious kind of refused sound going on but they were like explosive live and they were doing really well like touring with Snapcase and stuff um so i managed to get like you know we got records to them and they got rid of some and we sold quite a bunch anyway and but yeah there was a lot at my mum's house like for quite a while but they they slowly took someone bought one last week actually like, <laughs> from austin like Nice. Every now and then, someone from Austin just goes like, "Oh yeah, I need that." I forgot. And yeah, then, remember that band. <laughs> and then they get it. Like, oh, you, I do. I do that still now. It's usually when um, I've got drunk somewhere, and then I've been on my phone, and I like the next morning, like I'll, I'll be on my phone on the bus buying records. The next morning, I'll just go, "Why did I buy that Cooper <laughs> Temple Clause seven inch?" <laughs> Just like I have no use for this, like my I'm, I'm sure my like 17 year old self is loving that, but you know it's probably not for me. Like now in like 2017 to be yeah. listening to, but um, drunk discogs is dangerous. Oh, You've got to be careful. mate, it's, <laughs> it is it is the worst. It's by far the biggest um, money sink yeah. that I have. <laughs> that I have is just drunk discogs. <laughs> uh, but no, I love that. Um, that also the having lots of records in your mum's house my uh, so Anthony who I do the independent music podcast with always joked about uh, Nana's garage right yeah where he would store all the uh, seven inches that no one wanted to buy because you had to press them in minimums of 300 yeah and even now my wardrobe is essentially just full of uh, abstract Dutch dub that <laughs> no one will ever want to buy apart from like the 20 people who bought it when I first put it out <laughs> but you know that's uh, that's the beauty of it um, but I wanted to play a contemporary track for you. This is from an Austin band. It's uh, USA Mexico. It's a collaboration between Craig of Shit and Shine and uh, a chap whose name I've forgotten from Butthole Surfers. This track is called Laredo.
sounds of USA Mexico. The track is called Laredo. It's taken from the album of the same name out in the UK via Riot Season, out in the US via 12XU. Talking about sold out records, I think that might be sold out everywhere on vinyl as well. But it's yeah, a beast. It is a real so You like that? Yeah, I like that a lot. That was good. Yeah, love a uh, love a slight uh, a loose connection to play a track for you, <laughs> and then you you, know, you really enjoy it. But as um, it's weird when I was trying to search out Zar. I know we keep coming back to Zar, but then that record is so hard to categorize. It took me ages last night to find it in my collection. It right. was just like I was like, what? Some like it's um organized by genre i was just like how do you even where do you put that next, and i don't even remember next to guns and roses i reckon yeah i just yeah. needed some guns and roses records <laughs> yeah, just, if i go after this and get drunk and then like i'll buy some guns and roses on discogs and yeah. <laughs> problem solved it's fine it's in, my, in it's in mine it's, it's between guns and roses and queen like, okay just like for like just yeah just I don't know, ridiculous euphoria. Yeah, not really a particularly uh, solid, <laughs> uh, solid categorization there. I think I found it in Future Jazz. Right. Didn't yeah. even know I had a section called Future Jazz. It was you, next to like Tamaga and things. No, I haven't got one of them. <laughs> but, um, I'd like one. It sounds nice. Yeah, it's, it's but, all, um, well, it sounds like Zara, apparently. Right, yeah. So. I mean, that, yeah, you can put it anywhere you want, really. It's like, uh, you can uh, organize your collection by mood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every time you go away from alphabetical, it then suddenly becomes really hard to find stuff. But then if you DJ, as I do, um, certain genres, I like, and every time I DJ, it seems to be a different genre, but um, you need to sort of keep everything together because right, it's yeah. easier to not forget stuff. Yeah, you could have been feeling one way one day, like about a record, and yeah. like filed it in like the section where you're not looking for it now, like where you thought it'd be. But, uh, <laughs> I think Zara will just go in its keep own it, section Yeah, you probably, yeah. You probably you should. Uh, I'll maybe adopt your method a bit more. <laughs> but, but no, USA Mexico is uh, is comfortably in the gnarly section yeah. <laughs> of my collection. Sounds like it. Like, and they are like uh, awesome band. Uh, yeah, from Austin, Texas. Uh, Craig from Shit and Shine and Butthole Surfers as well. And yeah, wonderful. I'd love to see them live. You're yeah. Right. I would like. Are they not? Do they tour at all? Or? So the quote that we got back when asking. Uh, can we put you on in London? Well, my friend Anthony, who I keep referencing, and he'll love that if he's listening. Uh, but that'll be, yeah, the quote that came back was, we don't leave Austin. No, sorry, USA Mexico does not leave Austin. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. So, so we'll go to Austin, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be great. They'll, um, I did see Shit and Shine at uh, South by Southwest once, and that was when he was in his stage of having like a million drummers the time and having right. all his mates on also saw him at supersonic festival in birmingham where he had so many drummers there were just people in the crowd with drums and some guy with like a empty tin of quality street oh wow uh, where it had some sort of mic inside it and he was just uh, sliding it around and apparently it was making a noise but shit and shine kind of sounds like that <laughs> record so it's just a lot of noise anyway yeah but uh, um what have you got to put on next um Keep it a bit, keep it aggro, I guess. Oh, um, isn't it at all? Two, <laughs> two hours of aggro. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah um, I'd want to put on a track by Housewives, um, who I absolutely love. This, I just love this tune so much. And yeah, they're at the land gathering, obviously. So I guess that's why it's a good idea to play this one. But um, it's a beast.
Housewives, a track with a incomprehensible title. Band I absolutely love. Just love, love, love them. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. It's uh, the video is really good for it as well. Yeah, I haven't seen, seen the video. It. No, no, it's no. Amazing. You should watch it. It's like just a man struggling, pretty much. Right, but, um, okay. <laughs> just, just, uh, just uh, any particular man struggling with anything in particular. I'll just leave it at that. Just right, uh, okay. Yeah. Te- just tease it. <laughs> yeah. Tease but, it. Um, go have a look. It's a good watch. I, I like it. <laughs> their, their album, which we we've talked about them a little bit on this show already, is out on Rocket Recordings on the 18th of August. I think I said I immediately closed it on my phone here. I think <laughs> after finding out, right. 18th of August. Yeah, my memory's not too bad. Um, but that is also called um, something incomprehensible. FF zero six one 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 six, and yeah, with track titles such as Excerpt One, and Excerpt Two, and Excerpt Three. So Real catchy. all the all the all the family favourites, yeah, right? But right. their last their last um record was amazing. Came out Hands in the Dark, maybe two years ago, I think. Yeah. Just I think so about that. Wonderful French label as well. But no. So how um how did you come across them? Um we put them on um at Audacious Space uh about I don't know, a few years ago, like three or four years ago maybe, something like that. Um played with like yeah, it was them and then Transhuman who I play in um, with my mate Adam. And uh, yeah, we just put them on and just got on really well. They were just ace. And then, you know, just bumped into them here and there. But I've just been dying to like get them to play again. And this is the first time we've managed it. So, yeah. How is putting on gigs in Sheffield? I mean, I've got friends through who live and put on gigs in different cities and run record labels in different cities. And a lot of times, they struggle a bit, certainly with bands who aren't from the local area. How, mm. how, what's your sort of take on it? Um, I think we do really well. Um, I think like, because we've always, we've always just kind of programmed what we want. Like since we've had the space, we've always just put on like what we wanted to put on. Um, in like, that's like different members of the space would put on different stuff. Like there'd be punk stuff, there'd be noise stuff. There'd be, you know, just like real ambient stuff. And then there'd just be like, really good gigs like bands like Cowtown and just and also like touring bands like people who like play you know who are touring the UK at the time we've picked up people we really like so um I don't know people just because we used to completely multi-program the place all the time and like people would come to one gig and be like wow that place was amazing like um I didn't know any of it but I'll go again and then they come the next night and then it's like just completely different but People get really into it, and then they just start to trust that generally it's always like right on. So um, that's awesome. That's so the yeah. dream, right? Yeah, that's the dream. That was the like that was a core aim. Really, was to just be like this place is sound. Um, you know, like you should come. Yeah, field of dreams. Build it. They'll come right yeah, to then much. enjoy it to then come again. Yeah, but I mean, you're always going to get gigs where like yeah, like it chucks it down, and it's a Monday, and like you know people don't come, but that happens like the world over like monday's a monday like yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's one of the things that really uh, really um fascinates me about record labels like yours and really why i'm excited and really grateful that you're here on the first show uh, just because a lot of labels fit sit in this pattern where they'll put out something that becomes quite popular or sells pretty well and then they just repeat that process and they have a fan base that is suddenly all around that genre but right, yeah. you know but you guys have certainly have a range of shows that you put on a range of bands you work with a range of releases and i i wonder like what like how does that happen like how does someone just like how do people how do you 
just square that circle essentially how do people like come to that what how do people kind of yeah they trust it or whatever yeah i think so i think that's i think that's the question i'm trying to spit out i don't know like i mean not i imagine like you know everyone who's like people who bought like a cowtown record or something like probably you know a lot of them wouldn't buy like a transhuman tape or something so i think there's just like a broad audience for us really it just touches like a lot of different pockets of like sort of music that people are into um and there's definitely like an inner an inner circle of that of people who are just they're happy to be surprised basically by what comes next um and um but yeah generally people are like always pretty receptive to everything like but um when it has your when it has your name on it and people just go for it, that's the uh, that's the dream, right? They'll def- certainly, yeah. We definitely feel like people listen and they just be like, "Oh, cool, there's a new audacious release." Like, what is it now? And they might hate it, like you know, they're just like, "Oh God, no!" Like, but they'll they'll always check it out, which is nice, you know. Um, it's cool. And how does it work? So obviously, you're a prominent experimental independent record label in Sheffield and you have a venue in Sheffield and so people come to that they come to the space because they love the bands they're playing and you know the curation of it so how does that translate into sales in terms of is it mostly in Yorkshire in the local area or you know is it all over the place or is it you know people from Austin buying Rise Records or you know what does what's the makeup of that um it's sort of all over the place really like you can't we sell you know certain things sell a lot like in Sheffield but um but yeah, I'd say it was like equally distributed everywhere. I guess like the internet just kind of facilitates it and moves it around. Um, and how um, much? And how much do you feel like it, you are an outlet for Sheffield artists to the rest of the world? Um, yeah, like definitely feel like that. Like quite a lot. Like we did a tape with like Sleep Terminal recently, who were just like a bunch of lads like got together, did their first like recording, pretty much just started using the space and. Like, Joe was just like, you know, can we do a tape? Can we do a tape? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's give it a go. You know, we'll just put it out. This is how you do it. And I sort of like to teach the process a bit, basically, and just be like, this is this is what goes on. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, put it up online. And then, yeah, just, like, straight away, just, like, people from America buying it. Like, people from Germany, just, like, within the first couple of days, just like, wow, that's, you know, it's pretty nice, like, when those, those little pings come in. I was going to say, <laughs> how does it make you feel? That must be surreal yeah it feels amazing and it, i mean it feels for me i'm just like buzzing for them as well you know it's just like they're just because it's their band sort of thing and it's just like i know that feeling when when it's your band and then yeah when people get into it um but yeah it definitely definitely makes me feel good as well that you can just like you can just t- start to touch people everywhere really it's yeah it cool. makes it makes the toil and the hard work worth it yeah totally yeah we um so the podcast that I do, we get letters in from like Taiwan and places like that being like, oh, we had one a few months ago, which was I um, oh, I went to California and started working on a weed farm and <laughs> like I, I got told there was no Internet. So I bought loads of records with me and it was all a bit ambient and not good to pick weed to. <laughs> So, I, but I, the, I, t- I found out that there was some Wi-Fi. And so I went on to iTunes and searched for some artists I like and your podcast came up. They, they were saying they searched for the OCs and my podcast came up. And then I was listening to it and it was amazing. And now I've just been listening to your podcast while picking weed in California. <laughs> and I'm from Taiwan and I don't really speak English. And it's just those sorts of things yeah, yeah. are just make it They're all exactly worthwhile. The, the stories you're after, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just... You just sorted out someone's good time like perfectly like. Well, yeah it's, uh, well, it's, uh, independent music podcast perfect for picking weed too apparently <laughs> yeah. so um what have you got next for us 
Um, next, let's um, let's play Cowtown. Like it'd be good to hear him. They're uh, they're just the ones. They're lovely. So uh, yeah. of Cowtown trackers called Emoji Car Emoji Car I'm glad Emo- that you said that rather than me <laughs> Emoji Car so, so isn't the cover of that record uh, Emojis as well like yeah just, it's just the ghost and the hearts I guess yeah, yeah. Was when was that record out um, that came out last summer like probably like July last year so it's been out a year um, and yeah they're having a really good time it's nice they're playing loads of like fun shows and like they just keep. They just love it. They just keep themselves. They're busy. They just. They are. They are the cowtown. They just keep going. Yeah, just a, a proper just touring band, constantly playing, constantly going. Yeah, just like back and forth. Less tours, just loads of back and forths. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> they're still into that. Like, which is is nice to see. Like, well, go out and do a show. Come yeah, back and go just, to work. Exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> they're the classic way of doing it, right? Yeah. So, how did uh, they come about? Um, 
I've just known like them for years, I guess. Like Nash, um, I've known pretty well, like from just like the UK DIY scene. He's always been in um, just mint bands, like loads of my favourite bands. Um, and then I think we'd done like Nope before, which he drums in. Mm-hmm. I think that was before. Could be wrong. And um, but yeah, he basically just piped up one day and was just like, "Cowtown album's ready. Do you want to do it?" And I was just like, "Yes." Like so. <laughs> Um, so we just smashed that one out that like dudes versus bad dudes that was the first one we did and we just like that was really good to work on like because it was just like we were all just like really up for it and it just like came out and went really well amazing um which is good when you when you're really in the mood it's it's really fun <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you're not in the mood um when you're not in the mood it's just like it's fine like but um you just have to let people know that you're a little slower i guess (laughs) yeah imagine like a band if a band delivers a record to you is just like well here's the record please put it out and then you don't for a little while yeah it can get a bit oh totally yeah like um but now everyone's always sound it's like i you know we always let people know just like what the crack is really because it's we you know it's it's just a it's like a, it is a bedroom operation basically and it's done for love and fun and uh but yeah we take it seriously and we like we want bands to get heard like as much as possible and we put a lot of work in but sometimes it's just like yeah i don't really have the energy for that level of work right now but we will at this point and yeah. people are just like cool like that's fine and then that's the way it is and then yeah but it's never like no not as much enthusiasm for a release it's just yeah. like not as much enthusiasm for like loads more typing yeah. <laughs> all like the admin after that goes a day in. of typing like, <laughs> like when you uh when you start a label you never realize how much admin is actually involved in yeah it, right? it's just like and it's grown because obviously you know when we first started the label we just used to send like 10 emails a month or something you know and you just got on with what you were doing but then obviously the internet has expanded so um now it's just all it's just all so much internet like <laughs> just so much internet <laughs> just loads of it yeah it's drowning right. in internet but it is but it's an amazing way of discovering new music right so we were yeah. talking before about you know finding stuff well getting orders in through Bandcamp from germany or the us or wherever like that and it's just you get into a real hole of finding amazing music from following labels and becoming a big fan of labels yeah and one of the reasons why i wanted to do this show uh, which is you know celebrating independent labels that i love really is exactly that is you can love a band but a label is sort of the curation of interesting weird wonderful innovative music and stuff like Bandcamp really helps with that yeah totally like yeah when you when you discover a new label and you're just like and yeah you just kind of start sweating at how good it all is and like <laughs> you're just knowing that you're just gonna sink like loads of money into it you're yeah. just like oh i need all of this like this is really good but yeah like i like it that happens a lot with the scene that we're in really just the way that things just cross pollinate and like all of a sudden you bump into people who've been operating for a while and and then yeah you just like sort of greeted with all their amazing stuff as well yeah like the diy scene you're referring to and yeah definitely um how is uh, what's the health of it at the moment um i think it's i think it's amazing like basically like yeah i've never had a i've never had a better time like doing music basically like with people and um people are just like i guess the connectivity does really help like the internet is really good for it um you could really get a lot done with a lot of people like really fast and um and yeah shows that i go to like stuff in london with like diy space for london and like that place and there's just so many spaces popping up now it's like diy was more like kind of like 
people like begging to hire a pub back room or like function room up top um, and kind of like, you know, hoping we didn't get any shit basically <laughs> like for like the most of the night. But, you know, we've kind of the the advent of just a lot more of these like really well-established spaces around the country like JT Saw in Nottingham and there's like Chunk and, you know, Wharf Chambers in Leeds and all of these places. Yeah. It's, the network feels like super strong right now. Like it's really good. Like cool. And, you know, and even here in London, like the space that we're studying now, like New River Studios. Yeah, exactly. Is, you know, a gem in sort of in a in the most overcrowded sort of expensive city in the country. Right. Yeah, it's, totally. Um, this um, place is, is amazing. Like I saw Civet here like last month and it was gigs here a race and like the bars really great. It's just it's just I like how all the spaces are always different. It's like they're just like little portals that you just like kind of, you know, like. Yeah just like pop pop up through like and um yeah i'm hooked on them i think that i think it's things are great i've never had a better time anyway so and it's uh really great to sort of bring out new bands and you mentioned sleep terminal yeah earlier like uh, just before the last track shall we listen to some of that yeah let's do it yeah let's listen to that
you're on 199 Radio with uh, Luke from the Audacious Art Experiment, uh, my favourite labels. Is the name of the show, which I should have probably started that link with. But <laughs> Sleep Terminal, do you want to tell me about them? That's Sleep Terminal. Um, so they're from Sheffield. Um, it's a project kind of, in well, to my knowledge, mostly been, has been led by a lad called Joe. Um, Joe Ash. But um, he's like... Yeah, he's just like pretty amazing, like kind of garagey, fuzzy, like guitarist. Um, but he just kind of came to me with that. He'd been like, you know, really coming to a lot of shows at the space for ages and then just like wanted to get involved and then was like, oh, I've made my, t- like my album's basically like ready um, sort of thing. And um, yeah, just like asked if he could do it on the label and just like happy, you know, just up for it as a mint. Like, so. Yeah, that record is brilliant. The, yeah. uh, we played a track on the podcast last week and it really reminds me of uh, that sort of San Francisco garage scene. Yeah. Uh, John Dwyer, the Ty Seagull, those sort of guy, Morgan Dell, that sort of psychedelic side of garage as well, which is sort of a bit, think uh, not to sound a bit too pretentious or wanky, but it's like a bit more forward thinking than, you know, just three guys with three chords just thrashing it out in a garage, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah. a little bit more delicate and lovely. I think that track is a real symbol of that yeah definitely it goes like a lot of the the record kind of goes all over the place which is nice like some of it's like really crushed and like and like tinny and like is that real kind of like wailing kind of garage stuff and then then there's just some really like nice hard jams and like that one's just like you know it's to me it's like really grungy and just like it's like real kind of like mud honey or like tad kind of vibes in some way but um so yeah that's that's my favorite one to be honest i love it well, you um, said a couple of tracks ago when you referenced Sleep Terminal, you were saying you sort of showed that they came to you and then you sort of showed them how to put out a record or something along those lines. Yeah, you sort of yeah. showed them the way. Sort of, yeah. Or just like offered more, you know, just be like, you know, we can do basically there's there's certain things that the Audacious Art Experiment can do as a label and certain things we can't. But one thing we've got, like we've kind of learned how to do lately is just like, you know, the timelining of putting stuff out and that kind of thing and having fun with it. So it's like, it's not just like my tape's ready, like and love it out kind of thing, which is fine. Like, um, but more just being like, yeah, let's like kind of have it around for a bit, you know, and just kind of like use the time to like maybe see what pops up in between, what you come up with in terms of like a bit of a video or something and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I just kind of that's kind of thing is I like to the whole thing in itself is just like just information sharing. Like that's kind of a lot of what Audacious is about. Is just like sharing knowledge and information on how to like do things you'd like to do um so if anyone comes for release then yeah we're kind of like um just say all right like they had it done like basically like joe had it all done and he was like it's basically ready to go can i put the logo on it <laughs> and i was <laughs> i was just like um, well yeah i guess so need those sales uh, in germany <laughs> right like, yeah like he's you know if it, and um but then so we just then say right but then like you know let's do it like this kind of thing and then just like you know went through like timelining and stuff and that was cool it's so always that's the best thing about it for me that's why i like to do it is, is to work with other people and just yeah. like see like see like how they want to do it what ideas they've got and just share ideas so what outside of what outside of the label are you into at the moment or what are you interested in that's completely un audacious art experiment like um god so yeah i listen to i guess like uh I actually listen to a lot of electronic music, like mostly at the moment. I think it comes to do with sort of like being in London a lot as well at the moment mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it just kind of fits. But um, I'm really into just like the whole like vaporwave thing. I just find it like just completely fascinating as a 
as like an internet scene, like really. Um, I'll say it, what you mean. It just, it just all, I mean, it, like, because none of it really is like, they're not like musicians or performers as such, like, you know, that are like, a lot of them aren't kind of like launching themselves and being like, this is my brand, like, here I go. It's like, there just seems to be channels and like so much of it stems and originates from YouTube and people just come up with like ridiculous monikers for what they're doing all the time. And then like, but songs like really take off, you know, and like they just get, cause it's all very like kind of aesthetically meme based and like really, it has a really interesting like aesthetic in itself of just kind of like that. It's, I guess the kids that are making it cause it's mostly kids like sort of late teens and stuff. are They're basically seeing the first, they're being born into the internet and they're seeing like they're regurgitating it nostalgically and like the first wave of like sort of pure like but then combining it with like you know modern like dystopian woe basically yeah. <laughs> for, the, for this world in the current state and it's like you know it's really cool there's like whole scenes where it's just like you know like sad music and like like sad reacting and stuff like that and like i like the way that they just like use the internet to make themselves laugh you know like they kind of yeah. hang out on it and like so yeah, I'm just obsessed with like I'm just watching them and just obsessed with everything that spills out of it, basically. I um, am not aware. Right. So you're gonna have to play something for me. Yeah, get on YouTube. All but, right. um, <laughs> but uh yeah, this one's um by a guy um called Hong Kong Express. Um it's like sort of really good like Japanese vaporwave, which has a much different style to like and sound to the American stuff. It adopts a lot more of like sort of field recording and like sort of a metropolis style noise in it and stuff it's cool
Sounds of Hong Kong Express 2046 is the name of the track. And I'll tell you what, mate, that's, um, yeah, amazing. I love that a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, well, whenever anyone says, va- I'm not a man who loves his genres, like genre titles, but when you say Vaporwave, I just think automatically of Chillwave yeah. and oh, mate, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, it's a world away, really. Like, um, although it's definitely for kicking back, but, um, but it's way more sort of, yeah, interesting and a little bit like mentally fragile in like um, a really amazingly expressive way I guess yeah it was um, that when we were just ch- chatting when the track was on it is you were saying it sounds like you know you got your headphones on and you're listening to music but the sort of the sound of the world still bleeds through your headphones yeah. and sort of that all those sort of field recordings across be- what is essentially your beautiful ambient electronic music is yeah to create this completely new yeah exper- experience really it is. It's really nice because I get like um, my ears are rubbish, like so I shouldn't really listen to headphones, but I do, you know. But I have to have them quite low. So yeah, yeah, like listening to stuff and walking around cities, kind of like I, you know, started having to put up with that, and then yeah, just found a lot of music that basically like fills that like you know same vibe. I guess like for me, it's nice. And so is it a direction that the label's going to take? Um, Probably not, not until I meet someone who makes it. <laughs> but um, they're all Sheffield. on the internet at the moment. But, um, but yeah, they're um, not coming out of the internet. They're just stuck on the internet, right? Yeah, they're just in there. Like they're just trapped, trapped <laughs> in the internet. But I don't know. Like I mean, we're all. I I love you know. Yeah, like I'd love to. Like, but um, we'll just see. Yeah, it just reminds me a lot of field recordings and library music. Like I'm a big library music obsessive, and right. it just reminds me a lot of that sort of music and those labels and there are increasing numbers of record labels that put out things like field recordings and people you know lap it up and yeah it's totally. um, wonderful like you've got labels like discrepant if you know them who they put out lots of field recordings from all over the world that just go around and record stuff and it's just this beautiful crazy stunning music and yeah I, well i say people lap it up i mean i lap it yeah, up yeah. i'm just there <laughs> just buying everything that they're putting out right um, uh, talking now you've uh, sort of broken the seal and changing the sort of genres that we're playing i'm gonna go completely further with it a little bit how nice. how do you feel about dance hall um i love it yeah yeah is that what you're gonna play yeah, that's, what I'm, that's what i'm going for we um amazing well when the when we first scheduled this show we, it was going to be last week which is first of august which is yorkshire day uh me and you are both from Yorkshire from Grimsby and from yeah, uh, Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire, yeah. oh, mate. <laughs> but I'm, from Sheffield, I'm, I'm an adopted Yorkshireman. That'll do. So, yeah, you've like... got you've got the twang more than I have, and I grew <laughs> up there. Um, but I, when I in my short dalliance with a label, I really this was the track that made me want to set up a record label. Right. It was I need this on vinyl. It still doesn't exist on vinyl. I never got to put it out. Uh, uh. This is a, a chap called Parley B with Ghost Town. Parley B from Doncaster. Uh, Ghost Town is from Leeds, and this track's called Every Manor. No Make you get the money. Don't come for your body, I know. Make up 
was in a party that he had the tight knee in the eye Lock up in a party, share on a band down like a man's money Open up the something just like a hockey Talk to the earth from each and every man Knock the sign and crisp on this man Rude your line, you love the rhyme of your man You put your piano again Talk to the earth from each and every man Knock the sign and crisp on this man Rude your line, you love the rhyme of your man You put your piano you want the better and she want some long planting You will like the bread keep a good loving She want it, the pond, the dresser and thing No bell a ring that a midnight ring You tight need a eye make you get your wedding ring You sweet like all a loo and dumpling Rude girl you not stop daggering You make out a roti ugly like me Duck to the earth from each and every man No up the sign and crisp on this banner Rude girl I get up the ram a jammer just push up your nah again Talk to the earth from each and every man No one can and crisp on this banner Roll your land, you love the Ramajama Just push up your nah You have been lying, you be see a machine You don't feel anything like a blow cloud up it Be a white, make you get the money In a party, daddy, I have the tiny in the eye Lock up in a party, share on a band down Like a man's body, open up the something just like a hockey Talk to the earth from each and every man Now up the side and crisp on this banner Roll your line, you love the Ramajama Just push your piano again Talk to the earth from each and every man Now up the side and crisp on this banner Roll your line, you love the Ramajama the sounds of Polly B in Ghost Town, Every Manor. Still feel all right about Dancehall. Yeah, that was a banger. Yeah. That was good. It's uh, yeah, one of my absolute here. favorites. He's a uh, fairly popular now as Polly B. Um, yeah, it, when I put him on in the first show in London in Power Lunches, uh, R.I.P., uh, up in Dalston, and yeah, absolutely cracking night. I mean, there's about 15 people there, and it was hot <laughs> and sweaty, and I was badly mixing dancehall and uh, dub, but, you know, he seemed to have a nice time. Nice, yeah. And now, and now I see him on his Facebook sort of playing festivals all over the world yeah, and totally. releasing stuff. It's, he was yeah. playing, like, the Troxy um, <laughs> and stuff to, like, thousands of people. Like, yeah. I saw him at Glastonbury this year and it was yeah, thousands and thousands of people in front of it. It's just like, oh, it's nice. Fills, it him. fills your heart with joy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was a uh, Power Lunches. That's a venue that was, you know, amazing. You were aware of it. It's um, it yeah, yeah. similar to, I mean, I haven't been up to your space up in Sheffield, but I imagine it's a very similar aesthetic, small venue, couple of rehearsal rooms, sort of community owned and yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, they kind of, they popped up pretty much the same time as we did. Um, and there was a few that literally did like at that time. So they were always on the radar, but like I never got to go there until I moved to London two years ago or whatever. And then, and then it shut down a couple of months after that, but I got to go to a couple of really good shows there, which, which was amazing. There was one, like a sort of eight bit chip tune night, um, which was, yeah, just like a real lid lifter. It was amazing. <laughs> lid lifter. Yeah, just like pop my paint can lid off. But, um, <laughs> it was it was really good. Nice. But, um, Have you got something about that? Um, something to play. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I could do. Yeah, I've got. Um, I brought along just other stuff that I'm really into at the moment. Just. I don't know, just get, I, I seem to be spending more and more time in YouTube listening to stuff and like 
seeing what it throws up. Got which a theme is fun. coming. Yeah. But um but yeah, I'm really I'm just I'm really into like along with the vapor wavy stuff, I'm really into just like computer game music because I just grew up like with my head buried in computer games basically. So the sounds like of all that era are just like completely embedded. The synth chip stuff. Yeah, totally. Right, so yeah. um so yeah, I've got this one which I like happened upon the other day after being like, Oh, what was that one like? And then searched for platoon on the Commodore sixty four. But yeah, yeah. this is a this is level one, like the, the sounds of level one. It's it's a absolute banger. So 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 happy that you brought that huge <laughs> brought tune. That absolutely incredible. Like, uh, yeah, that, 
It's got like a Devo feel to it, like in some ways. It's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) uh, that's exactly what that sounds like. (laughs) It's quite funny. The um, track is uh, from Platoon. It's level one. It's a a chap called Jonathan Dunn. I've just been uh, researching quickly on YouTube. Um, Your your home, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Where you spend most of your (laughs) life. uh, It says here, like, it's pretty cool the way Jonathan Dunn managed to get ethnic Viet Cong sounding instruments out of the Sid Chip 2. (laughs) <laughs> apparently apparently <laughs> yeah not, not, I'm not sure. hugely convinced that he did that but no i i'm going i'm not gonna lie like i'm really happy that you came along and started playing <laughs> no worries some like... stuff that's completely unrelated to the label in any way whatsoever how yeah. we got down that hole i've got no <laughs> idea it just like yeah the stuff i listen to is what yeah it's just like it's what you're into in it and what inspires you i guess so like yeah. going back and listening to stuff like this keeps me interested in like making music and putting stuff out i guess just um yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah that's the chip stuff martin galway ben daglish people like that uh, the sensible software guys as well always had a huge amount of amazing music to go with their games i wanted to i wanted to my dream job when i was uh, 15 at school i was asked to do it in an english project and uh and i put down like oh maybe it was like it wasn't even a project it was like you know, you get those packs at the end of school where it's like, right, we're preparing you to leave and like, you're going to be, you know, like, this is like, you're going to aim high and everything. And it was like, right, what are you going to do when you leave school? I was like, I'm going to like, ask sensible software for a job. Like, that's <laughs> where I want to work. But like, I couldn't code or anything, but it just seemed like the best possible place to work. Like, yeah, I interviewed <laughs> John Hare a couple of years ago, the, man, no the main guy, um, from sensible software who's like a musician like a rock musician as well and right. so that's why the music was always so interesting and weird and funny yeah. but then oh, i've completely forgotten the name of the guy who did most of the music for sensible software stuff but right. um, was he in-house like yeah um, well they got him in and yeah right. he was there and he's passed now but he was um you know he was just one of those big groups but it's also people who are involved in music and involved in bands just really love the aesthetic of it and yeah what makes c64 and amiga and games from that time so amazing is how limited the uh technology was and how amazing yeah, the electronic completely. music came out i've always um speaking of lay of records i've wanted to release the speedball 2 soundtrack that was bitmap oh, brothers amazing bitmap, bitmap brothers who also did insanely good games with incredible music on yeah. them that was one from there and it still stands up like 20, 30 years Speedball later. Speedball 2 was unreal. Like, oh, such a good game. The Cannon Fodder soundtrack is one of my favourites. Yeah, like, Sensible Software, right? Sensible Software. There was a tune that was like, I think someone like, I think it might have been Jed Skinner from like Galaxians or something. And he was like sending in, I was making a new like annual compilation. I was like, I'll oh, send some stuff over. And, and I was like, oh, I really like this one. It sounds like the like the cemetery like sec, like loading section from Cannon Fodder. <laughs> And it turned out that like he'd, he'd never like played games or anything like mm. really, but like he just made like like every time he sent a new tune, I was like, yeah, it sounds like the underwater level from Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> and like and he was just like, oh great, like <laughs> <laughs> all these so, reference um, points that I don't have. Yeah, so I mostly just keep like yeah my infatuation with it to myself, but. It's very nice to uh, to be able to crack a bit of platoon out uh, live on the air. <laughs> so our our producer Mayers uh, keeps looking at us, going, "Is this sound song meant to sound like this?" <laughs> Which it was just the best thing. Have we got something a little bit more? Um, I don't know, contemporary or less made off a computer? Yeah, totally. So this is um, well, this yeah, this next one is Acid Mass, who were like a Sheffield band. Um, two lads one on basically like one of those um 
like mini brute, micro brute uh, synthesizers, and then a lad on sax. Um, and they just make amazing, like expansive kind of like National Geographic sounds. Like. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just totally like blissing out on them. But they're the next release up on Audacious and playing the Land Gathering as well. And what's this track called? Um, uh, I don't know the name. He's not sent me the track list. Oh, he just got the music. Yeah. And it sounds like this. Yep.
the things I love about like six minute long tracks is when you're just chatting and it it goes in a blink of an eye and it doesn't feel like a six minute long track at all. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, absolutely stunning that. Um, tell, tell me about it. Um, so yeah, that's Acid Mass. Um, we've got a tape coming out with them. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, it will be out for the land gathering on the 27th. It will be out. It will be out. It must. Um, it'll be out for that. Um, but yeah, they're just a duo from from Sheffield. They've been done like, just think they kind of started doing it in their house quite a lot or like a lot of basement practicing. And then, um, yeah, just really nice lads. But um, just really happy to do stuff for them. And they're putting on nights as well, like in the space. It's like similar. There's a whole new like kind of crew that are, coming through, putting on like really nice, expansive kind of ambient nights and stuff and some quite noisy stuff as well, which it's good to see. Um, so I used to do a lot of that, but like don't get to do as much of it in Sheffield anymore. Yeah, but, it's amazing that sort of that counter, that counterintuitive almost. Uh, you've got the sort of loud, noisy stuff on the label and then you've got stuff like that as well and you've got your own personal interest in Vaporwave and, yeah, yeah. You, know, eight, you know, chip tune and all sorts. It's uh, yeah. yeah. It's just nice how like the things... The things you get into, just like once you get into them, just seem to arrive, which is what's nice. You know, it's like never, never heard of these guys that much. But then like, and then, yeah, they just kind of started up, started playing shows and sent in recordings. And it's just exactly what I wanted to listen to, basically. So, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And do you think that's what the label then represents is your sort of butterfly mind of going from genre to genre? Yeah, totally. It's just a timeline. It's just like stamps on a timeline, basically. Just, Just like let it run of like what you know what is like what i'm into what other people are into in the space and what like what is going on in the world and stuff like reflections of everything really and just just yeah just each release is just like a a little time stamp and then bang in the archive just to like represent what was around at that time yeah Uh, what what was around in sheffield or in your own mind in sheffield or what was around like in the uk as well like you know we don't not all our bands are from sheffield like it's kind of 50 50 really so I remember as uh, chatting to Kevin from Big Scary Monsters, he once described it as Big Scary Monsters sounds like what I was into three months ago. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's just like always because it's like I really want to put this out and then obviously it takes time to do yeah, pressing yeah. and everything else. And that was. Yeah, totally. So, but no, right, so I think we're just about out of time. In fact, yeah, we are. We've got time for one more. But yeah, cool. Yeah, I wanted to say, have you got anything that you want to plug or talk about or. No. Um, what have we not said oh, i don't know we've 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 had a good chat it's been nice but um i guess like i've talked about yeah um just keep you know it's nice keep supporting the label and that and then the land gathering basically is what's coming up that's that's the biggest bee in my bonnet at yeah. the moment it's the yeah so we're uh, scratching my brain so that's going to be an amazing day the next tune up is by a band called bag lady who are like really like new sheffield like duo um and they just like emailed in. They've just been emailing in a bit. We get a lot of emails all the time from like, you know, new bands in Chef, like put us on, put us on, put us on. And we'd like really like to just to get everyone on. But yeah. it's just, we're like, yeah, cool. We'll just, you know, sort it out. And then, yeah, just when I was booking the land gathering, I was just like, oh, like, I wonder if these would be doing it. And they're just ace. They're really, really cool. And this, this track's like just an early demo of theirs that they've done recently. It's on SoundCloud, but it's called Mush. Okay. I'm going to, uh, before we just go into it, I'm going to say, if I've now listened to this show and gone, man, the Audacious Art Experiment, I've never heard of them. I need to buy all their records. Where do I go? Just .com. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just on the in, in the internet. Yeah. Go to the internet. The Audacious Art Experiment .com. 
Um, pretty much everything's on like Spotify and all your streaming stuff as well. So you can just search band names in there and pull it all up. Awesome. Um, but yeah, the website has got like a lot more insight into the stuff as well. So it's nice. All the stuff we haven't covered. Yeah. Uh, and for me, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this first show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Facebook.com forward slash my favorite label. Give us a like. I think we're up to 60 now as a, which isn't too bad for like, like before a show has actually happened um but yeah also 199 radio the same weekend as the land gathering saturday 26th of august we've got a fundraiser here two rooms djs live acts five quid entry barbecue up here in new river studios so i think i think the idea is you come here for that on the saturday 12 till 12 you get in a van, you drive to Sheffield, go to the land gathering, 12 till 12. Sounds like a... Do that. And then you've got the bank holiday to recover, mate. Yeah, sounds it's, amazing. It's, it's a weekend for sessions. <laughs> you should do it. So, so um, I'm back in two weeks with a, another incredible label. Thank you again, Luke, for Thank being you. here. It's been a pleasure. Chatting. A, a ni- really nice time. And what are we playing? Um, we're playing Mush by Bag Lady. <laughs>